Any attack made by the rebels against this station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes, or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to another excellent episode of the Man of Vision podcast. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for being here and checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Uh, and t- today you're doing it for an even better reason than usual. You are here to, uh, uh, for our, I guess it's now like an annual thing for us, to be part of the Star Wars Day, uh, excuse me, Star Wars Podcast Day celebration. Uh, this is the day in which we honor... Uh, this year is the 24th anniversary of the very first Star Wars podcast debuting. It was Jedi Talk back in the day, 24 years ago, and really kind of kicked off the phenomenon uh, of, of Star Wars podcasting. It's it's a big deal to a lot of us. I mean, it, like I said, it, maybe Jedi Talk wasn't our first Star Wars podcast that we listened to, but there was, at some point there was there was a Star Wars show that we listened to that got us inspired, got us fired up. Uh, to to do our very own Star Wars podcast, and now there are just so so many of us out there, and and the fact that uh, so many of you take the time to download or, or stream my podcast uh, means the world to me. So I'm glad to be here and and back and and participating in Star Wars Podcast Day for I think this is my third year doing it. Um, and again, it's just a big deal. It's it's exciting to celebrate uh, the the Star Wars podcasting community and and how much. Uh, it has grown and changed and developed over the years, and and all the different facets that it's sort of brought as it explores Star Wars itself and uh, our various parts of the fandom that we that we we enjoy so so much. Um, and by and large, I, I want to say that I would say like ninety nine percent of the Star Wars podcasts out there are extremely positive and and upbeat and and not really interested in in, in the negative 
And that's that's my kind of Star Wars podcast, which means there's a lot of Star Wars podcasts that I enjoy. <laughs> so, uh, again, just happy to be here, be part of it. But, yeah, check out the other shows. Um, this is a great day to uh, ex- explore if you want to get some more Star Wars podcasts into your feed. Uh, just find that, that hashtag. I think it's a SW Podcast Day 2023. And you're going to find uh, just a plethora of great Star Wars shows out there. And again, we're we're just delighted to be happy. We're just delighted to be part of it, uh, and to be talking to you today. Uh, this gives us a chance to sort of break with our, our our current format, you know, which has been covering Star Wars: The Bad Batch. This gives us an opportunity to talk about another avenue of Star Wars, another another, um, just another facet of it. Like I said earlier, you know, we can talk about something a little bit different. You know, in years past, we talked about you know how I kind of got into Star Wars, how my brother and I got into Star Wars together, uh, and and you know there've been various. A, a special. I use it. I use this day as as a, as a way to kind of talk about something uh, a little outside of whatever we're currently have going on in February, uh, which is lately. I think in the past year it had been Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian and and you know things like that. So this this gives us a chance to kind of talk about something different. And what I wanted to do uh, for that is well I'll tell you I'll tell you more about that in a little bit let's kind of finish the intro of the show though now that you know what's going on for Star Wars podcast day 2023 let me just remind you to please follow us on social media we are at mando underscore vision on Twitter and Instagram you can be emailing the show if you want to have a, a lengthy wordy diatribe with me against me at me <laughs> you hit me up at mandovision mandovision Tom at gmail.com excuse me uh, please make sure you're liking subscribing following and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, let's go ahead, get into the show. You know, we, we uh, this week's show, we use some classic audio from the very first Star Wars, you know, episode four, A New Hope. And I think that's very, very appropriate for Star Wars podcasting day. Because again, if it wasn't for that first film, what are we all even doing here? <laughs> so I'll hit you with another clip. And then we'll go into the show proper. What does he say? But we have to do something first. And you members of Buckethead Nation, you know exactly what that is. You're probably already ready for it. You probably are ahead of me on this. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, I had a slight weapons malfunction. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Boring uh, conversation anyway. Luke, we're gonna have company! So, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you may know a few things about me. One of those being that I am also a really, really, really big comic book fan. Uh, and that mostly includes Star Wars books at this point in my life. Um, uh, getting Star Wars comics um, back in my day was, was especially in the, in the early 90s, was sort of the way I kept Star Wars alive, right? We only had the original trilogy, you know, 4, 5, and 6, and Star Wars comics came about... Um, well, after Marvel canceled their comics, Marvel, uh, their Star Wars comic in like the mid-80s, I think it was like 86 or so, it might have made it to 87, um, then Star Wars comics went away too, just like the films. There was no Star Wars going on. It wasn't until I think 92 or 93 that Dark Horse Comics acquired the license to start publishing Star Wars comics, and they did so with Dark Empire, a series that uh, 
would take place after Return of the Jedi, and Princess Leia and Han Solo would have a child, and all these different things, and it, it sort of kicked everything off. And then it was shortly after that came out that Timothy Zahn got the book series going, and then they sort of had to uh, merge the continuities together of, the, of that comic and that novel. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, that was sort of a fun way to get introduced to not only the com- new comics for Star Wars, but also the new novels. It was like, oh, wait, how do we make this, these two things fit together? And they eventually did, and it worked out just fine. But <laughs> it did sort of show that there was not a lot of uh, connectivity in, that, in the tissue at the time. Um, but I digress. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is, is that, that that sort of started the whole ball of, of the expanded universe. You know, the books and the comics kind of kept the, the, the fuel going for Star Wars throughout the 90s. And, you know, eventually we would get the special edition films of the original trilogy, and then the, pre- the prequels would come out. And it was all glorious and great. And the Star Wars comics and the novels that were coming out in the, in all the way through the early 2000s, uh, you know, just kind of kept building on that new Expanded Universe continuity that was out there because it still seemed like there, were, there, was, there weren't going to be sequel trilogies. Uh, uh, you know, there wasn't going to be another Star Wars film. You know, apparently, Luke, you know, word has gotten out over the years that, that Lucas was very um, miffed at the reception to the prequels, and he was just like, he kind of threw his hands up and was like, maybe I don't want to do this after all. Um, you know, and that that's ultimately, I think, one of the reasons that led to his decision to sell to Disney. But again, we had those comics. They kind of kept it going. They kept building things, and we were on adventures with Han and Luke and Leia. And at, at various times, different novels would come out and different comics would come out that would explore different corners of the Star Wars galaxy uh, with different characters and and, and sort of have different tones and different feels. And, and, you know, it didn't have to be overtly connected to the Jedi or the Republic or, you know, even some of the main characters. They started getting... uh, They started kind of expanding that expanded universe, right? Showing us different corners of it, the dark corners, going into uh, different periods in the timeline that, that they were allowed to go into. You know, periods like between the prequels and between the main trilogy. And as I've expressed before, that's a period that I find just to be filled with with so much potential for for storytelling. And, you know, nowadays we're getting into some really good storytelling. And a lot of it exists within that time period between Episodes 3 and Episodes 4. Obviously, I'm referring to Andor. Obviously, I'm referring to uh, Solo. I'm referring to The Bad Batch, you know, and and, and a couple of other projects that have, have popped up in that time period. Uh, now, again, there's a new continu- continuity now. So all these comics and books that I'm talking about, and in particular the ones I'm going to talk about next, um, aren't continuity anymore. They don't count for anything. They do not matter uh, in the long run, but they exist, and they're fun Star Wars stories. And in my mind, I'd like to see elements of them kind of being reincorporated at some point. So before <laughs> – that's that's a little bit of backstory here. Let me give you another little bit of backstory. As big a fan I am of Star Wars, and again, Star Wars is, you know, A number one, um, there is also – I'm also a fan of other things, other film series in, in particular, uh, especially ones that were, you know, seminal to me as a child. And as seminal as Star Wars was to me, uh, it was somewhat limited because it was three movies. And as much as I wore those videotapes out over the course of uh, the the decade that was the 80s and a VCR, uh, another film series that I became a very large fan of as a child that had uh, a lot more movies to, to, to watch and to explore was that of James Bond. Uh, by the time when I was a kid and we had a VCR, I think there was at least a dozen, maybe 15 James Bond movies out at that point. Uh, Roger Moore was still... James Bond, for the most part, I think they were just getting ready to transition to Timothy Dalton's uh, two-run 
to movie run, but it was still primarily Roger Moore. Uh, but again, you had the Roger Moore films, you had the Sean Connery films, and I, I would go to the video store, my brother and I, uh, usually over the summer, and, and start exploring the Bond catalog and kind of getting familiar with that character and, and getting familiar with uh, the sort of the tropes of the James Bond genre, you know, because James Bond's sort of a genre on its own. It's not like the traditional spy movie by any sense. Uh, you know, there's sort of a, a, a fantasy element to it all. It, it's sort of a, a superhero element of it as well, which has always been one of the elements that I really, really enjoyed. So uh, in, in around 2011, I think is when it was announced, but I suspect the idea was germinating in the mind of, of comic book writer John Ostrander for some time. He had the notion of merging Star Wars and, and James Bond, kind of blending them, finding, ma making a new character that could be like a James Bond in the Star Wars universe. And that led to the creation of a character named Jahan Cross. And the comic book was called Star Wars, Agent of the Empire. Now, that's going to be an interesting ground to cover, right? Because not only are we, we're trying to go for the James Bond thing, right? But we're setting it in the time of the Empire and in a time when the bad guys are in charge. So that already sort of paints a picture for you of who Jahan Cross is is to an extent and it's a really fun the first there's two books that consist of the agent of the empire series and before i, I before you're like oh well, they only made two of these well hold on like i said the i think it was announced as a comic in, in 2011 or 2011 uh and the, the books came out in two, uh, 2012 and 2013 well something big happened in in 2012 and that was the acquisition of, of Star Wars by Disney. And that put Dark Horse on notice that their comic books, their, their time, I think they knew that their time in the sun with Star Wars was coming to an end because at that point, Disney had already acquired Marvel Comics. And so when the license came up again, I think Dark Horse knew the, the writing was on the wall and they were going to lose uh, the license, which they ultimately did. So Agent of the Empire, along with several other books they were doing at the time, were going to have to come to an end. So they just let them finish those miniseries. In the case of Agent of the Empire, they let them conclude the miniseries they had planned and, and written and drawn. Um, and then the, the other, I think there was another Star Wars book and an, an Empire book that also had to come to an end before they were going to revert back to Marvel. So it wasn't that the books weren't successful. Uh, it's just that the time was ending and and we would also get the announcement that Disney was going to recanonize Star Wars you know they were going to throw out everything that had come from the books from the comics uh, basically anything from 1992 on was getting thrown out we were, we were going to keep the films we were going to keep the Clone Wars and we were going to build off of that so uh, Jahan Cross and the Agent of the Empire comics got thrown out with the new continuity uh, I recently went back and reread these books because I was sort of curious. I, I, I had a, a recollection of really enjoying them, and I, I wanted to see if they held up. Uh, I, I dipped my toe back into the old expanded universe every now and then, uh, particularly with the comics because they're a lot they're a lot less daunting to reread than some of the old novels. Uh, you know, I'll still dive back into the Timothy Zahn stuff, but some of the old expanded universe novels are, mm, we'll just say they're less than great. <laughs> So, you know, you don't need to reread some of those those ones. And uh, if you want me to name names, uh, hit me up. I'll, I'll name some names. But I'm not going to do it on the podcast. <laughs> so I went back recently and reread the two volumes that consist of Star Wars Agent of the Empire, uh, exploring the Jahan Cross character. 
The first volume is called Iron Eclipse. Uh, it's a five-issue arc, and you can find them uh, digitally in a couple different volumes. Just go onto Amazon. They have all the digital, digital copies you need. Tracking down the issues, if you, if you have a comic book store in your area, they may still have them around. I don't know how easy it is to get back issues anymore. Uh, most comic book stores I know seem to really focus on new stuff and not a ton of, of, of back issues. And I would imagine it has something to do with just the fact that the sheer volume of, of back issues must be just overwhelming um, amongst all of it. It's just got to be a lot. Uh, so, I don't know. Check it all out. But uh, the first book, Agents of the Empire, Iron Eclipse, is probably my favorite. And part of that is because, A, John Ostrander, the writer of the series, uh, is... is, is uh, he let's just, let's just say he does a really fine job of bringing all the fun of the James Bond and imparting it on, into, into this series. You have, you know... Yahan Cross is our agent. He's our 007 stand-in, but he's working for Imperial Intelligence, so he's working for Armand Assard, uh, the character who ran Imperial Intelligence before uh, in the old continuity. And and we talk a little bit about him in some of our Andor episodes. You may remember that. You may not. <laughs> but uh, but that, that that's sort of like the stand-in for M, right? And then you have, uh, there's a character who is basically a Q, who supplies Jahan with all the, the weapons and tools of his trade. Uh, but it also incorporates some of the fun elements of Star Wars, which is like fun spaceships and droids and different alien species and sort of intergalactic politics. Now, maybe you're wondering, well, this guy's an agent of the Empire. How am I supposed to root for him? He's clearly the bad guy. Well, they stayed away from uh, Jahan having to do anything uh, that would be... Um, well, <laughs> nefarious, right? He's not out there hunting rebels. He's not out there uh, trying to, you know, we'd have a hard time rooting for a guy who's out there uh, trying to kill Luke Skywalker as a baby, right? That wouldn't work out too well. So he's mostly do dealing with uh, internal imperial strife, uh, internal imperial issues, right? Rooting out conspirators, rooting out traitors, uh, and things like that. Things to keep the empire stable and, and, and preserving imperial stability. So it, it's sort of fun in that regards, right? Like he, he's hunting down uh, uh, agents, uh, you know, imperial admirals who've gone rogue and are attempting to, uh, you know, start their own little empires of their own because they're like, oh, Palpatine can't do anything about this. I control this planet that has this vital ore. Well, then Jahan Cross comes in there and kills you. And so, so he's a secret agent. He's an assassin. He's an espionage guy. And... He gets the sort of, uh, like a lot of Spycraft stuff, he sort of has like the diplomatic card to play as well. Uh, and and in, the, in this first series, in the Iron Eclipse series, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, most, I, I, think if, I think you'll agree with me. I'm going to post these covers later. But they had some really great penciling with the, uh, with the Iron Eclipse series. They had, they had Stefan Rue doing covers, and he did uh, the interiors for... I think the first couple of issues before he had to step away and, and uh, go do something else. And, and Stephen, Stefan Rue uh, is, is, he has just lovely pencil lines. Uh, very expressive, very pretty, <laughs> for lack of a better word. He's, he's, his, his art is, it pops in, in a way that I think you'd all really, really like. So when I share those covers, they'll be on, they'll be on the Instagram account. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to make sure they can get on the, it always it never works well when I do it on Twitter, so I'll try to do it on Twitter. But hold hold fast. <laughs> let's, let's let's make sure that holds on to to things okay. All right. Um. 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. But yes, so the pencils, the art, the story on Iron Eclipse, pretty fantastic. And again, you'll see those strong similarities between Bond uh, most completely. And I really do think it's a fun story to check out. And, and Jahan Cross is an interesting character. And one of the things that, that I think is most interesting about him, and one of the things I think they were building towards, and uh, if I ever get the privilege of, of talking to John Ostrander at a convention, I'll have to remember to bring this up. Because in, in recent years, when I've, when I've seen Mr. Ostrander at conventions, I always talk about other stuff. I haven't <laughs> talked about his Star Wars stuff nearly enough with him. Um, so I would, be, I would mention, I would like to ask him if, if some of his original plans were, because one of the interesting elements to Jahan Cross as a character is, now again, this is in the dark time. This is before... Episode four. This is before A New Hope. So he's, uh, as a child, Jahan Cross loses his mother and his sister at the Battle of Coruscant. That is the battle that opens Episode three, Revenge of the Sith, all right? You, you remember it well. Uh, so he's raised with his father, and his father is an ambassador. Well, I shouldn't, I don't think I should say ambassador. I think ambassador is the wrong word, but he is a um, diplomat from Alderaan, which means Jahan Cross is from Alderaan. So it would have been interesting to see where they planned on taking this character leading up to the events of Episode Four, when the Empire kills Alderaan because uh, uh, Jahan Cross believes in the Empire. He believes in the stability and the order that the Empire has provided. He, he grew up in the shadow of the, of the death of the Republic and the Battle of Coruscant and the Clone Wars, that took his sister, that took his mother from him. So he sees the stability and the end the order that the Empire brings, and he respects that. He appreciates that. So he defends that, and that's sort of his calling. And it puts him at odds as his father, who we meet in the second volume of the series. But I'm very, very intrigued if there was a plan to kind of do a couple of these miniseries and lead, lead up to Jahan Cross eventually turning on the Empire, going rogue, uh, possibly being uh, um, you know, burned by the Empire and, and being wanted by the Empire. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of potential uh, to, to really explore that character. But again, it all sort of came to an end with the Disney acquisition of Star Wars and, and Marvel taking back the comic book license just shortly after that. And of course, all the continuity being thrown out the, thrown out the window. <laughs> but yeah, he's a very, very interesting character. I'd have to, I, also, I have to mention the second volume of the book uh, is, is Star Wars Agent of the Empire Hard Targets. Now, this series gets off to uh, a, a lot of very interesting... It gets off to a very interesting start. Uh, it, 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 the pencils aren't quite as sharp, but we also have some good covers still from Stefan Rue, which are, which are glorious to look at. And I'll be sure... Be sh again, stay tuned. We'll be sharing those. Uh, this series starts off well, but if, if, if there does feel to be a point where someone told... And again, I'll have asked the man. But it, it feels like something shifted in the narrative at some point, and it feels like editor editorial stepped in and was like, hey, we need to sort of tighten this up. We can't have as many loose ends here because odds are we're not coming back to this. Uh, so I think the story ends in something of a unceremonious sort of way. But the inter the initial introduction to the story is, is fascinating because, again, we haven't been to... Uh, 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 we haven't been to places from the Clone Wars in that period after Episode 3. So when... Uh, the, the book opens, and Jahan Cross is assassinating the current Count Dooku, and then he gets dispatched to Sereno to to see who's, who becomes the next Count Dooku, to see the, the sort of political machinations in play on Sereno and, and the role of the Count. And it's, it's, 
it became even more interesting when season two of The Bad Batch kicked off, you know, a few weeks back, and they went to Sereno, and we saw that there were actual consequences on Sereno for being part of the Separatists, you know, for being the home, the, the, the leader of the Separatists was, was on Sereno, and so that planet suffered uh, retribution at the hands of the Empire. That wasn't so much the case in, in, in this iteration, again, because, you know, we didn't really know what happened after uh, the, the rise of the Empire at the end of Episode 3. You know, they, that was sort of, still sort of like nebulous and what was kind of left up for grabs. No one really knew. So they're telling a story that seemed very much like, you know, Sereno went on with his day-to-day life after the death of Count Dooku, and there, was, there were no consequences in that the Empire seemed to welcome back uh, the planets that were part of the Separatists. Uh, and, we, you know, we have learned from the Bad Batch and some other shows that, no, 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 there were consequences for every world that participated in the Separatist Alliance. Uh, so it, it's sort of fun to kind of compare and contrast the Sereno that we see in that comic. Um, again, that one's called Hard Targets to the Sereno that we saw in, in, I think it was in the second episode, second or third episode of, of season two of The Bad Batch. So so fun to kind of compare, contrast those things and, and just kind of see uh, how things have changed since the continuity was uh, was restarted. And, and, and now we're getting chances to explore things in an official capacity on The Bad Batch. But it's sort of a fun fantasy version. Uh, again, this this arc sort of again it, it kind of falls apart in the last issue or two for me. Uh, but it's still a solid enough read. And if you are a fan of Boba Fett, you will enjoy getting to see uh, Jahan Cross impersonate Boba Fett, attempt to manipulate Boba Fett, and get into a fist fight with Boba Fett. <laughs> so that alone is a selling point for me, and uh, I think that's a really solid reason uh, to 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 revisit. Well, not just Boba Fett, but it, this is a really solid comic book series that's worth you revisiting. Again, you can pick it up uh, over at Comics uh, on uh, through Amazon in their Comicsology. They they bought Comicsology in case you don't know, uh, and I th- believe it might be under the Comicsology Unlimited program. So if you do participate in that, you should have access to it already. But you can always just pick up the books in particular, like singularly, uh, through Comicsology if you want to check them out, or you know, go get the hard copies because hard copies are always fun too. And they look really nice on your bookshelf. <laughs> but they aren't in print anymore, so you'll have to find like either one of those Marvel collections or uh, you can go on eBay and, and try to pick up uh, some old used ones or something like that. Not a bad option either. Usually those come out pretty good. But yeah, Star Wars, Agent of the Empire, um, it, it's a really fun blending of Star Wars and James Bond uh, with maybe like a dash of Jason Bourne because he was kind of a big deal uh, when these were coming out as well. So I think they sort of incorporated that into it as well. But yeah, check these out. It's it's a really interesting idea. Uh, you know, we're seeing it more and more uh, with 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 like the Bad Batch in particular. You know, we're we're, we're sort of paying homage to uh, uh, things that inspired Lucas and and things that inspired the creators and and kind of crossing over with you know other legendary pieces of of cinema and and and, and sci-fi genre stuff. You know, uh, it it's 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 fun when you can when you kind of do that right i i like those stories that pay homage like you don't want to blatantly rip anything off but paying homage to another fun thing uh and incorporating the star wars gives star wars just it's just another facet of the star wars galaxy for us to embrace and to explore and uh, you know i know a lot of people get real critical of star wars when it's not uh mystical enough or it's not jedi enough or it's not fill in the blank enough for them you know you all know that as a Star Wars fan, I am a big believer that Star Wars can be anything and everything. 
And so I really like these stories that are very different, that are a little out of the box, that are that are more unique uh, than straightforward, you know, rebels versus empire. You know, I think there it's a big galaxy. We've said it before on the show, so let's let's explore it in a, in a fun way and and getting to uh, incorporate a James Bond element of it, and then again doing it with a character who's, uh, you know, keeping the status quo of the empire, is is a very interesting way to do it as well. So like, there's sort of a tightrope act. With like, okay, how much can we like this character since he's working for the Empire and and furthering their goals and agendas? Uh, so it's very very interesting. But again, I think there was a plan for him to eventually be turned on by the Empire or for him to turn on the Empire after the destruction of Alderaan, and I would assume that would also mean the death of his father. So uh, I I think that would have been fun to explore. Again, if I get a chance to to ever see John Ostrander again at a convention, I will definitely have to make a note to inquire with him about that. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of fun to know the plans like, that, of things that never came to fruition, you know. You know, it's, it's like getting to find out the, uh, about the, you know, a show that you really enjoyed that got canceled early. But you're like, oh, but they were setting up all this stuff. I want to know where they were going to go. And then getting to ask the, the writers or the creators of the show, like, what was the plan here? So that would be a fun thing to do if I get a chance to do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll figure that out. Um, anyways, yeah, I, really good comic book series there's a lot of really great uh of treasures in the the star wars back catalog at, at dark horse so if you get a chance to deep dive into, into any of those they did a lot of great boba fett comics we'll have to talk about those at some point on the show as well uh, because those are a lot of fun too but this is something i dove into recently and i wanted to touch base with with all you wonderful listeners out there who maybe missed out on these when they first came out in 2012 uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. The the first arc in particular is my favorite, the Iron Eclipse. But Hard Targets is pretty solid too. But I and I but I think you'll note that by the time you get to like the fourth issue or so, like something's shifted, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we gotta start tying things up because we're probably not gonna get to tell the rest of the stories that we want to tell. That we're, so why are we setting up things? Any hoot. <laughs> so check it out again. Star Wars: Age of the Empire. I'll be posting the covers on social media here. Uh, probably as soon as today so stay tuned for those all right i don't know what else i want to stop there because well hold on let me let me tease a couple other things because i was just saying how i enjoy when star wars gets to do different things in different stories and i'm probably going to get a, a, a decent amount of trouble for this but i don't care <laughs> because what I, I like it when star wars does different things i like it when star wars pays homage to different things and, and tries to incorporate different genres, right? So I also, if you have not done this, if you have not explored the novel by by Joe, by Joe Schreiber, I want to mention to you, I actually think it made it into the Essentials line, so it may be back out in print again, but Death Troopers from 2009 is a lot of fun too, and it, it's sort of a Star Wars zombie book, but it's not a zombie book in the traditional sense. It's very Star Wars-ized, but it's it's fantastic and it's it's showing star wars in a very different uh a venue than we are accustomed to and i just confirmed it yes death troopers is in the essentials line so apparently enough people like me enjoyed it so go check that out don't be don't be uh freaked out You're like star wars and zombies i don't know about that give it a go give it a go all right i think that's going to do it for our star wars podcast day 2023 23 20 i don't know what year it is 2023 special I want to thank you all so, so much for being here and a reminder that this is the Men Division Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I am so, so glad you're here. Uh, Nargai Tom and and 
again, supporting small independent Star Wars podcasts is is so critically important. And we hope that uh, on Star Wars Podcast Day, you are, you at least check out a couple new ones, and maybe uh, maybe maybe you find one that you, that that suits you, like this one. So welcome aboard if you're if you are new to Buckethead Nation. Uh, remember to follow us on social media. Like I said, I'm gonna be posting those covers very very soon. So make sure you're giving us a follow. Uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram at Mando underscore Vision. You can also email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, another great way to support, help support our show is uh, five-star reviews, especially if I think that's mostly on Apple Podcasts. But anyway, you can recommend a show, review a show. It's always helpful on whatever platform you listen to. So thank you so much for doing that. Truly Truly appreciate that, and all you fine, fine folks who took the time to listen. So again, happy pod, happy Star Wars Podcast Day 2023. Go out there, keep supporting great Star Wars podcasts, and I hope if you're a new listener, I hope you'll be back for the next one. If you're one of our regular listeners, stay tuned, because you know tomorrow is Bad Batch Wednesday, and we'll be back talking about the latest installment of Star Wars, The Bad Batch. But remember, this podcast, it only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.